0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Right now I'm embarrassed Cause I've turned to so many other alternatives Lord, right now I can't manage Right now I feel damaged Cause the world has deserted me, but I have deserted you So who do I turn to? I'm lost, I'm speaking honestly, right now I offer humble apologies Sorry. Yeah, I'm going through baptism, but take for granted the fact that you've risen I'm in prison with visions of sinning, I heard they take blood for bail So please use yours, cause I know it's real I feel not worthy and close to hell, I've picked the last straw, I can't be bold So, Lord, come and take control Holding is such a hard thing to be. This ain't the first time I've been down on my knees. I've been seeking you for ages now. When it feels like in 10 years' time, I'd probably be at the same stage as now. Lord, I want changes now. I wanna pray like she does. I wanna get filled like he does. But well, why don't they struggle like I do? Spiritually, I've got a low IQ. But i for so long right now. And Lord, it's my view that the time is right now. Please fill me, cleanse me right, right. right. now. I mean, No prospect, I'd be so confused at what's next complex this earth is? There must be more to life than what's on the surface But I'm nervous to submit to so my life seems worthless Don't forget that I'm just a person Don't forget that, Lord, I'm still learning, so I'm not perfect You tell me, come as I am, but like the truth, my testimony is less than holy I'm next so lonely, I'm still when I'm just a pony But why am I flopping to my young? Come show me an answer Cause I don't know what I'm doing, like I'm drunk off lager And I don't know where I'm going, like I just got dumped in Ghana
0: There are only those who are saved and those who are saved. <laughs> we are not chopped up into a whole bunch of denominations. We are not chopped up into a whole bunch of people who are poor, people who are rich, people who are black, people who are white, people who are educated, people who are uneducated, people who are skilled, people are unskilled. We are one body of Christ. And when we get this, then we will learn to distinguish one another by our love walk. So, those who are in the body of Christ that you know are in the body of Christ, they are producing within their life love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, kindness, patience, faithfulness, and self control. And they need to be fully embraced as members in particular of the body of Christ. We are not to allow labels, traditions of men, organizations, in color, language, or any other barrier to divide us as the one body of Christ because we are continually looking to Jesus Christ as the head of our one body to lead God direct us in all that we do when we know that that is going to be a perfected love walk that identifies us, identifies us as of God that God has called us to be. So I want you to know that your standing, your purpose, your reality is rooted not in what your religious tradition is, not in what your neighborhood is, not in what your social group happens to be, but your reality is rooted in the fact that you are a child of God and In someone else, but if you truly have Christ within you, if you have the Holy Spirit within you, then when you meet a brother or sister in Christ, you don't reject that spirit, that light like spirit. You embrace that spirit, no matter what color the person is, what gender the person is, how big they are, how smart small they are, how well they talk or how well they dress or or not. <laughs> You regard no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. And when you identify those in the body of Christ, the way that God desires for you to engage them is in a fear of love. Look at what it says in 1 John 4, verse 1. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, whereof ye have heard it heard that it should come, and even now is in the world. Well, this spirit of the Antichrist not only does it confess that Jesus Christ hasn't even come, because if Jesus Christ hasn't come, then it's not available for you to be delivered from sin. It's not available for you to have the power of the Holy Spirit within you. And so everything is, is, is void. <laughs> but God has something else in mind. God has something incredible in mind. And that's why we want to focus exactly is God's plan. What is it that God has in mind? for us that we might be missing. Well, let me let me let me point this out. Let's go to another passage of scripture that is going to speak to something that is is key to rejecting the spirit of the Antichrist that would chop up the body of Christ into all of these different pieces to say, oh well, this is the Catholic part of the body of Christ, and this is the apostolic part of the body of Christ, and this is the this part of the body of Christ, and this is the Methodist part of the body of Christ, and this is the Episcopalian part of the body of Christ. This is the Amish part of the body of Christ. No, that's not how this works. <laughs> there is one body of Christ, and there is one head of that body. The one head is Jesus Christ himself, the only begotten Son of God. Now, look at what it says here in Romans 16. Romans chapter 16, verse 17 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. By a smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. For the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. How awesome is that? How incredible is that? You know that the God of peace is going to crush Satan under your feet. But we are being admonished to stay away from those who put obstacles in our way and cause division among us. There is no division in the body of Christ because we have a standard of truth that is above any standard of truth. It is truth. God says that he magnified his word above his name. And when we also magnify God's word above his name, then our standard of truth is God's word. We no longer need to quarrel about words, quarrel about, quarrel about philosophy, quarrel about whose leader is greater than someone else's, because we all have one leader, our master, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, that is our leader, the only one who makes salvation available to any of us. And if any of us as Christians are going around telling anyone that they need to do more or less than it says to do in Acts 2.38 and 39, in Acts 19, 1 through 7, and in Romans 10, 8 to 10, if there is anyone telling you to do more or less than what is in those scriptures to be saved, then they are not in the book. <laughs> they are not preaching absolute truth to you. They're giving you pieces and parts. And that's, unfortunately, what we have to contend with in a divided, chopped up body of Christ. We have to deal with pieces and parts. The devil has made it such that if we are not absolutely obedient in studying God's word for ourselves, then we become subject. We become those naive people that it speaks about here in Romans chapter sixteen, who are who have our minds deceived by the smooth talk and flattery that come from these people who are satisfying their own appetites. And they are not serving Christ at all, but they're just serving themselves because they want money. They want your money. <laughs> they want your time. They want your talent. They want to enslave you. And God has called us to be free, right? God has called us to love one another freely, not to have to wonder, oh, what is so and so, brother so-and-so going to think if he sees me going into us? This church, or what is so-and-so going to think if they see me going into a Methodist church, or what is sister so-and-so going to say if they see me going into a Catholic church? No, we, we are not chopped up into many different pieces. We are one body of Christ, and our love is what makes us known, and the power of the Holy Spirit that we operate in makes us who we are. We are subject to no one. But the authority of God, when we are operating in the power of the Holy Spirit and being led who watch your spiritual growth and development is not a bad thing. Having people who know who you are and if you have a need, or people who you know if who they are and if they have a need, and you're able to sow into their life, they're able to sow into your life. You're able to support one another. That's how the body of Christ is designed at the micro scale. But at the macro scale, this is one body of Christ. And we have to function as such. I look forward to the day when Christians are no longer known by Catholic and Methodist and Episcopalian and Baptist and Apostolic and all the other varieties and flavors of Christianity. And people simply know us as the body of Christ. They know us as Christians. They know us as those who who the apostles teaching, who fellowship together regularly, who eat together and break bread regularly. And and when they know that's who we are, when they see our love walk and they see us embracing one another as that one body, that is when many souls will be saved daily. Souls will be one daily. But this is what gets in the way of this. Remember how I said that those who are not not serving God are serving money. They are pleasing people. They are leaning to their own understanding and they are operating out of their own limited strength. This is what is happening. They're teaching something other than what the Word of God says out of pride and self-interest in order to gain a reputation, gain organization, and gain wealth. So let's look at one of the things it says here in the scripture, very controversial here, right? 1 Timothy 6 says, All who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect. Now, as an African-American man, this is a hard thing to say, but... The word of God, it says, so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. Verse 2, those who have believing masters should not show them disrespect just because they are fellow believers. Instead, they should serve them even better because their masters are dear to them as fellow believers and are devoted to the welfare of their slaves. That's a hard word. That's a very difficult word. It would be a hard thing for an African-American male to teach and receive, etc. right? But let's look at the rest of this, because it talks about false teachers and the love of money in these next few verses. It says, these are the things you should teach and insist on. If anyone teaches otherwise, and does not agree to the sound doctrine, the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicion, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain.
2: See, since
0: when does godliness bring you financial gain? Is only achieved when you have the kind of division that currently exists in the body of Christ. And so what you see are these different chiefdoms where own personality will carve out a domain for themselves and publicize their own domain, their own name, their own group, with their own set of beliefs, and the portions of the scripture they favor and the portions of the scripture they reject and refuse to acknowledge at all. (laughs) And this is why people have to jump through three or four different denominations before they actually get saved, because one denomination will tell you all you need to do to be saved is to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, and yes, you do need to do those things, but there are other things that you need to do, too, because another denomination will tell you that all you need to do is repent, turn away from serving sin, and Be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and yes, you do need to do those things, but you also need to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord of your life and believe in your heart that God raised his son Jesus Christ from the dead. But there is something else. You need to believe, to speak in tongues and prophesy so that you can operate the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit that is within you after you have repented from serving sin and been water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life and believe in your heart that God raised the Son of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is essential. This is the gospel. The good news. The good news in the gospel is that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, lived here on earth, was a ministry for three years, doing signs, miracles, and wonders among men was crucified unjustly on the cross. He was beat three times for our physical wholeness. He was nailed to the cross, pierced in the side with a sword, killed on the cross, buried in the tomb, laid in the tomb for three days and three nights dead until God raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand, gave him all power in heaven and and under the earth and then set the Holy Spirit to dwell within you and I. And that is the good news of the gospel. Now, anyone who is teaching you anything other than that, leave them alone, because all they want to do is manipulate you. All they want to do is suck you dry and take you away from those who have experienced the freedom and magnitude of the body of Christ that is walking around. Operating in love, celebrating one another, and expanding the body by winning souls for the kingdom daily by our love walk. Why? Not walking in love is, is the spirit of the Antichrist because you are rejecting the Christ in someone else that either is called of God to be saved and you're the one who's supposed to be sharing Jesus Christ with them, but you're judging them because today they are studying Islam or today they're studying Judaism or today they are studying Buddhism but God promises that every person who diligently seeks him will find him right so why would we fall into the trap of not sharing the good news of Christ crucified and raised from the dead with them why would we not share that with them why wouldn't we not share Acts 2:38 to 39. Romans 10, 9, and 10, Acts 19, 1 through 7, and let them know that all they have to do to be saved is to be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, to repent and turn away from serving sin, to confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of their life, to believe in their heart that God raised the Son from the dead, and to believe to speak in tongues and prophesy. That sounds like a lot to someone who is what we call churched. <laughs> someone who's shackled into believing only a part of what the Word of God says, but to someone who is ready to do whatever they need to to have the power of God in their life, to be able to walk free of doubt, worry, fear, shame, unbelief, guilt, all of those things that imprison people daily and trap them in a life of mediocrity and fear. God has called us to more than that. God has called us to be powerful and to walk with purpose and to walk according to specific, clear instructions so that we'll prevail in all that we do. But let's look at what he says to us so that we can get this right, so that we don't fall into the trap. Of allowing the body of Christ to be chopped up in all these pieces because it is not a bunch of pieces. It is one body and Jesus Christ is the head of that body. Now, when you remember this, then you don't get caught up into genealogy. You don't get caught up into traditions of men, into into the history of quote unquote our faith, right? <laughs> God-magnified word above his name. And if you can find any of those people you're talking about in the word of God, by all means, but when you understand that we, as the one body, are the largest, largest, most powerful organization on the planet, on the planet, that will exist into eternity. You understand the privilege that you walk in right now, today. You never need to feel the need to, quote, unquote, belong to somebody's group because you already belong to the most significant organization, or not organization, organism, in the universe, the body of Christ. It's huge. It's incredible, right? Look at what it says here in Ephesians chapter 4, talking about unity and maturity in the body of Christ. It says, As a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you receive. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. See, bear with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean? except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up can be edified until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See, this is God's purpose. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be innocent. We will no longer be naive, tossed back and forth by the ways and blown here and there by every rule of doctrine and teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. What are they scheming for? They want your money, they want your time, they want your attention, they want your applause. Look at what it says verse fifteen instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Remember what I said? There is one head of the body of Christ. That is who? Jesus Christ. So it said, instead of deceitful scheming, we will speak the truth and love, and we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him that is Christ. We will be the body of Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. As each part does its work. So as we all do our work of reconciling the world back to God,
2: we build up one another in love. We grow.
0: We are in this place of coming to a unity of the faith and growing in the knowledge of the Son of God. And we become mature so that we can attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That is the goal. But those who are to be equipping us, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, into a trap, and God is trying to prepare the body of Christ, the one body of Christ, to be seen, to be revealed, so that Jesus Christ can return. But it is not going to return while everybody's down here playing church, because playing church is not going to win souls the way that souls need to be won in order for the body of Christ to. Be fulfilled, to be identified, to be visible. People want to continue playing church. Let them play.
2: Let them play all day long.
0: Because we, the body of Christ, are not confined to any four walls. We are not confined to any set of bylaws. We are not confined to any set of organizational doctrine or dogma. We are only confined to the word of God. That's why we must study the Word of God if we're going to be free. But if you refuse to study, then you accept the shackles that others would put on you because you require others to tell you what to do instead of being led by the Holy Spirit and your knowledge of what the Word of God says for you to do. Look at what it says about Christian living here in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, so I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkening our understanding and separating from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of the heart. See, they're hard hearts. It says in verse 19, having lost all sensitivity. They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. <laughs> is this not telling the truth, right? This is Ephesians chapter 4. Just breaking it down, right? Showing you. What is going on? See, God says we are in the world, but we're not of the world. Never make the mistake of trying to hold the world to the standards of God because they cannot be held to those standards. However, those of us in the body of Christ, we are held to the standard of the truth. The truth is the word of God. If you cannot handle the word of God, ask yourself what your opinion is about the spirit of the antichrist. Because, see, if you are going to walk in love, if you're going to be a part of the body of Christ, then you're going to have to embrace the body of Christ. You're going to have to walk in love. You're going to have to allow the stony places in your heart to be removed and ask God to give you a heart of flesh so that you're not like these Gentiles who are fully free, who indulge in every kind of impurity, who have lost all sensitivity, and just giving themselves up to sensuality. Now look at what it says here. In Ephesians four twenty, it says that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in an attitude and the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been feeling must steal no longer, but must work. Doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up of others, according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen, and not and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now look at this. It says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, right? What does that mean? If God says get rid of something, it means He knows you have it. Okay. So, Whatever bitterness is there, let it go. Whatever rage is there, let it go. Whatever anger is there, let it go. Whatever brawling is there, let it go. Whatever slander is there, let it go. In every form of malice, just let it go. And replace it with kindness. Replace it with compassion. Focus that on your brothers and sisters in Christ. And forgive one another, even as... God, for Christ's sake, forgave him. See, we have to practice not allowing a day to pass and us going to bed angry, giving the devil a foothold. Because while we're asleep, our minds are programming what we're going to be doing the next day. And people don't understand mental illness, it comes from not what we
2: love, it comes from. Anger, malice, rage, bitterness,
0: brawling, anger, malice, all of these things that originate, they come from the flesh. They, and and, and it, it doesn't say you're not going to get angry, but it says in your anger, don't sin. Just because you become angry does not mean you have to act out of that anger. You can renew your mind to the word of God and subject your flesh by the power of the Holy Spirit within you. See, that's why the word says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Holy Spirit in you is greater than your flesh or any other force of the devil that's going to come against you. (laughs) Sometimes we can be our own worst enemy, but... We can also renew our own mind. That is a choice. That is a decision. But in order to renew your mind, you have to have something to replace your thoughts with. And if you're not studying God's word, you don't have anything to replace your thoughts with. That's empty, right? And so you are the one who has to take time to open the book. You have to... And I don't care if you open a Bible. I don't care if you call it up on your computer. I don't care if you call it up on your smartphone or your Android or your iPad or whatever technology you use. The Word of God is the Word of God. I don't care if you're smart enough to read the scriptures and the stars, and you might be. And if you are, by all means, do. (laughs) Because it's there. But the Word of God must be in your mind in order for you to have something to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, of the devil, so that when the devil shoots thoughts of doubt, worry, fear into your life, you can replace those thoughts with faith, confidence, and, trust, and the trust hope of the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You can look forward to that day and remember that what we're doing is storing up our rewards in heaven, that we are actively seeking to bless others So that God can reward us openly now. But we're doing those good deeds secretly so that God can reward us openly. We are praying to God secretly so that God can reward us openly. We are fasting secretly so that God can reward us openly. We're forgiving people openly so that God can reward us (laughs) and forgive us. And see, this is, and and, and, to know, God is as concerned about your reward as you are because that's how you're going to spend eternity. If you do things of God the way that God has called you to do those things, then you are going to be in eternity with your rewards intact. But if you do God's things your way, when your works pass through the fire, that testing fire, that day of judgment, what you'll find is that everything you did for money, everything you did to please people, everything you did leaning to your own understanding because this is the way you thought it should be, everything you did out of your own strength to show what you could do and get glory and praise from men, is going to be consumed in the fire and it'll it'll be just like you were saved the day before Jesus Christ came back. And it'll be going into eternity as an eternal pauper. You will be in heaven with God. That would be awesome. But you will be poor compared to those who have their rewards intact for eternity, who were busy winning souls, who were doing their good deeds secretly, who were praying secretly, fasting secretly, forgiving openly. Right? And that is a difference. Those who are actively winning souls it says that their crown of glory will be the souls that they want in eternity with Him, right? How, how pleasing do you think that is to God when he knows that you are a major part of accelerating the return of his son Jesus Christ by winning as many souls as you can win every day, by walking in love, by operating in power, by not being afraid to speak in tongues, speak in tongues, interpret, prophesy, receive word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning the spirits and operate in faith, miracles and and acts of healing. if You weren't afraid to use the power of the Holy Spirit within you. You operated and produced the fruit of the Spirit in your love in your in your life through love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, kindness, patience, faithfulness, and self control. You actively sought to forgive people, and you loved your enemies, you blessed those who curse you, you did good to those who spitefully used you, and you prayed for those who persecuted you, right? You took God's word seriously, and you you decided you wanted it all. You wanted to live the more than abundant life here on earth and in eternity, right? And your legacy that you left was not to just you that was to your whole household, to your spouse, to your children, to your grandchildren, to your great-grandchildren, and people who you won't even see who are going to know about your amazing faith, bless them because of you, all right? Our lives are really a story that God has created so that people can know that his son Jesus Christ is real. We are living epistles. We have to walk in that so that we do not mistakenly embrace the spirit of the Antichrist that walks
3: according
0: to everything that's against love, everything that's against God, everything that is against restoration and wholeness and power and peace and prosperity. Right? And when I say prosperity, I'm not talking about nickels and dimes. I'm talking about your physical, mental emotional, spiritual, and financial well-being. Having a, a, a pile of gold is not going to keep your health. It's not going to keep your mental, emotional well-being. It's not going to keep your physical body strong, right? It's just going to be a pile of gold that you're trying to hold on to, right? So you've got to get in this word and value the things that God says are valuable to you, not just now, but valuable in eternity as well. And study that word like your life depends on it, because it does. Because you have nothing to renew your mind with if you do not study the word of God. That's all there is to it. And I'm telling you the truth, and the truth isn't necessarily popular. (laughs) I'm not trying to make a name for myself. And I, I could care less about being popular. I'm here to tell you something that is going to change your life and empower you to be all that God designed you to be, to be more than anybody else ever thought you would be, (laughs) and to please God in a way that you never thought you could. (laughs) God loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for you, to be beat three times with 39 lashes each time with with bone and metal at the end of it, just ripping his flesh apart. So that you could be physically whole. And then had him nailed to the cross, pierced in the side with a spear, and until he died and expired, taken down from the cross, laid in a tomb for three days and three nights, dead before he raised him from the dead so that you could have salvation. You could have the wholeness that Adam um, experienced. Adam was the last person to be whole until Jesus Christ died on Calvary. He died to make the Holy Spirit available to you again so that God could commune, commune with you the same way he communed with Adam. God could speak to you and you can speak to him. But if you don't decide to believe to talk to God in your heavenly prayer, prayer language, that is unbelief. God needs us all to grow up and go past the traditions of men, go past our religious upstream, go past what somebody we loved and respected told us, and see what does the Word of God say God needs us to do because God is the one who magnified his Word above his name. Not any man, not any person, and when we respect the word of God the way that God respects the word, that He elevated it to a height above His own name, then the way we treat the Word of God changes just a little bit for us to reject this, for us to embrace the spirit of the Antichrist. We reject the Spirit of the Antichrist. We walk in love and power and we please God, we serve God, we trust God, and we operate in absolute faith. And because of that, because of that love walk, Doubt worry, fear, unbelief, sickness, disease, all those things, mental illness, they are purged because we have the fullness of the power of God operating in our lives. So I just want to encourage each and every one of you today to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love
3: Said he saw the best in me when everyone else around me could only see the worst in me. I wish I had a witness tonight. All I need is one. Hey, he He's saw all the best in me when everyone else around me. Everyone yeah. oh, else. anybody have that testimony, when people walked you off, said
2: you would never make it, what
3: did he teach? He saw the best in me when everyone else around me. Eh? Oh, when everyone else yeah. around me. He saw the Can I tell y'all one more thing? I just need to tell you one more thing. Listen to See, he's mine. And I am His. It doesn't matter what I feel. He only sees me for who I am. Does anybody know that tonight? Oh, 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 see, He is mine, and I am His. Said it doesn't matter. There are some folk in here that people have wrote you off, said you would never amount to anything, said that you would never end up being anywhere. But, Myron, tell him one more time what did he see? Mama said you would never be nothing. When aunties and uncles said that you never might be anything. When daddy didn't come home anymore, he didn't look at you and say that you were going to make it. God looked at you and what did he see? What did he see? God the best, the best. What did he
2: see? The best. I said, what did he see? The best. I said, what did he see?